Morality 4. Utilitarianism. People get confused and bogged down once we get to these two moral theories. They find them quite big, open and, and quite difficult to interpret. Um, I know it's easy for us to say, no they're not, but, well, no they're not. So um, I want to try and explain in a bit more depth uh, why. So a moral theory or an ethical theory is a framework or guidelines to help people decide what is right and what is wrong. Both utilitarianism and Kantian ethics are non-religious theories. Now, both the creators were religious, however, um, they don't mention religion anywhere in the moral theory, so we count them as secular theories, secular meaning non-religious. The reason we teach these two theories here, and the reason we teach them quite a lot of depth, is throughout the course you can be asked to explain secular viewpoints on purposes of punishment or on capital punishment. And this is where utilitarianism and Kantian ethics can play very well. This is where you could speak for quite a, a, a long time um, about the, the rightness and wrongness of certain actions through the, through the eye of um, utilitarianism and Kantian ethics. So utilitarianism was devised, thought up, uh, developed by um, two philosophers, Jeremy Bentham and uh, John Stuart Mill. Both of them had a simple idea. How do you decide what is right and wrong? Through the greatest happiness principle. The greatest happiness principle states that right is whatever brings the most amount of happiness to the more number of people. It's a simple maths problem. Are more people happy or sad by that action? Only two things matter when you're deciding whether or not something is right and wrong. Pleasure and pain. Does this action maximise pleasure and minimise pain? Um, if it does, then it's the right action to do. It's a simple mathematic approach to try and figure out how to act. So if you, for example, if you're thinking, right, we're going to reinstate capital punishment for the UK, a very, very simple way to do it would be to ask the UK who would be happy by this. And let's say, for example, 70% of the country say, yes, we would be happy. And 30% say, no, we would be sad by it. Well, simple mathematics tells us that the 70% wins and therefore we should bring it back. So right is whatever brings the most amount of happiness to the more number of people. Utilitarianism is a, is a consequentialist theory. And what that means is that it's the consequences that matter. It's not how you get there or it's not how you build up to it or the motivations or the action itself. It's how many people are made happy by this action. The consequences of it is, is all that matters. Um, and that's quite important to consider when we move forward. Um, it's only the, does the person live or does the person die? Is the person reformed? Is society protected? These are the consequences that matter when a utilitarian is trying to decide what is right and what is wrong. There are two main branches of utilitarianism, and these stick people sometimes. There's act utilitarianism and rule utilitarianism. Act utilitarianism applies the greatest happiness principle to one specific scenario. So a utilitarian will be going about his daily business and he'll apply the greatest happiness principle to every moral decision that he or she comes across. Really simple. So you apply the GHP to that one act or action. Real utilitarianism is the one that people get confused with sometimes. A real utilitarianism uses the GHP, the greatest happiness principle, to devise a set of rules that maximises pleasure for the most number of people in the long run. So generally, a rule utilitarian will establish rules either by sitting down and everyone agreeing what causes more happiness, or they will do the action and realise that this maximises happiness for more people in the long run, and, uh, and they'll follow that rule every single time. When we're applying utilitarianism to moral problems, 
people get confused and people start to waffle and say the same repetitive stuff again and again and again. So let me go through roughly how you would apply utilitarianism to uh, uh, to an analysis question to it. So the, util- the questions would come in the guise of how might utilitarian respond to X or how uh, outline a secular view on this. Let's say, for example, it was capital punishment. The first thing is that, well, utilitarianism is a non-consequentialist theory, so only the person dying um, is considered when we're deciding whether or not the action is right or the action is wrong. So we apply the greatest happiness principle to it. So we we look to, first of all, to see who's involved in this. Well, the person being executed, the victim and the victim's family, the criminal's family, the judges, the um, prison guards, um, the lawyers, the judges, the criminal justice system who sentenced them, society who who maintains the laws, the police, etc., etc. So we go through all of these people and we try and establish if we execute prisoner X, are they made happy or sad by it? Well, we assume that the prisoner will be sad by dying unless he accepted his crime. Um, we assume that his family would be sad by him dying as well. Let's say, for example, the victim's family was was very happy by him dying. Let's say that the judges and the and the prosecution, at least, um, were happy. The jails were happy. The um, the prison officers were happy. The police were happy because we've got less people on the streets committing crimes. Um, and let's say society is happy. We know that a very slim, slim um, majority of the general public do support the death penalty. So we can make these sort of claims. If we add all this together, what we get is that more people are made happy by executing that criminal. Therefore, a utilitarian would agree with the capital punishment in that situation. Remember that it's, if it's an act of utilitarian, he'd apply it to each one. And a real utilitarian would try to think in the long run. In the long run, would society be happy by it? Well, we could argue no. We could argue that no, society would be harmed ultimately by it, that over time we might become a more brutal and and, and uncivilised society. The analysis points for these questions come in how you explain these points, how you develop them and how you go into detail about each part of it. By exploring the, the philosophy alongside the scenario, it shows you have a good grasp on both.